And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. Podcast of the Beast. And today is going to be an awesome episode. I'm really excited about today. Uh, today we're going to talk to Jarvis Letterby from Night Demon. We've been we've been waiting for this one. This is awesome. Yeah, we've been talking about their album. We've been listening to their album, uh, Darkness Remains, yeah. nonstop. It was a recommended by a, uh, one of our listeners. Yeah. Was it uh, River, was it? It was River, yeah. Yes. And we sent her a t-shirt before. to thank her. Oh, fantastic. Um, She's going to be pretty pumped about this right. episode, so, I think. We have Jarvis Leatherbeef. He's the bass player and singer in Night yeah. Demon. Yeah. We actually uh, just finished the interview with him. So this yeah. is, uh, we're going to play it now. Yeah. Well, after we're done a few things. Yeah. But we, uh, yeah, we, we waited on the, well, we wanted to get through the interview first. Also, so we could uh, tee up our beer later, which we'll, which we'll get to. But um, excellent, uh, excellent energy. Really um, deadly guy with a huge metal knowledge. Loves Maiden. Oh, loves man. Maiden doesn't he tell. he knows everything about Maiden oh my yeah. god I know it's almost intimidating to know how much metal he knows oh yeah and he's down there in California just yeah. living life you know yeah. he I guess, eats sleeps and breathes metal yeah I guess when you live your life in California you know with all that nice sunlight and great weather you probably need some darkness from somewhere <laughs> but yeah um, but man after all that awesome metal talk I'm itching itching for a beer that's true so we held off on the beer until we were done the interview the beer we're drinking is evil twin brewings i love you with my stout and it's a imperial stout and it's 12 percent alcohol wow so that's by the why time we each get one of these in us <laughs> tee up our tans? yeah by the time we get one of these in us each like <laughs> we'll be swimming we'll see what happens do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers Fantastic. Wow, 12%. I think uh, you don't want to smoke when you drink this. <laughs> Flammable. That's one of the things I've been finding with uh, craft beer lately. I've, I was watching hockey the other night, and I swear to God, I had like uh, three or four beer. And I stood up, and I was a bit like, you know, it hit you. You know those moments where you're... And I was like, whoa, I only had like three or four beer. And they were like 7.5%. Yeah, you really got to watch it. It's not like uh, back in the day when you like can drink yeah. two... Four percent beers in like, you know, somewhere, and then drive home. Because yeah. like it used to be, you could have a beer, and then wait an hour, and you could drive and have two beers, wait two hours, and drive home. But that's like based on, you know, the beers you used to drink when you were like nineteen twenty. The alcohol, the the, yeah. the legal limit was higher, and the, al- the alcohol level was lower. So yeah, it's getting a bit ridiculous now. Yeah. But there's a guy in uh, California got arrested. Uh, passed out at the wheel of his Tesla had like had been on autopilot he passed out and it just apparently got <laughs> to a point that's the problem where... with these like self-driving driver assist things right you yeah know, you just play with your phone while you're well driving. the problem is is that they're not full driverless I mean yeah. if you could just go around but they pretty much are you just have to keep your hands on the wheel is that how it works I don't know anyway. which is a liability thing man this is awesome um I love you with my stout 12% this is really cool that's really Eagle good Twin Brewing. it does have a where'd you say that's from is that the west coast um, no, this is uh, uh, brewed by Stranford, Connecticut, um, Evil Twin Brewing. Really cool and distributed from New York. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it has a, uh, it does have like a, you can taste the alcohol in it. It's, uh, it's good though. Yeah, it's it's sweet, but the sweetness mm. is like balanced with alcohol. Yeah, I like it. Fantastic. So mm. we're going to cover some uh, news today. Yeah. Uh, get into a few things. Um, right off the hop, there's some news on the uh, Screen for Me Sarajevo documentary, is there? Yeah, well, they had the screenings, and I've read a few reviews of it. They announced the uh, release date for it on CD and LP and DVD and Blu-ray, um, June 29th, 2018. So there's a there's a soundtrack to it, and it's coming out on double LP and CD, and there's all these packages. So I looked online, there's a... Really? You can pre-order right now. There's a Blu-ray and two LP package, which I think I might... Yeah, we got to get that. that. But what's the soundtrack going to be? Uh, I guess it's going to be solo stuff from that. But I, I'm assuming it's yeah. going to be live stuff from that era. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. You just get imagine the quality of the recording could be too great considering the circumstances under which. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually from that concert or I'm not. I have no idea what's on this. It might yeah. be. I should have done knows? more research. <laughs> well, no. But I didn't see yeah. much on the site. It just said a two LP soundtrack. So. Oh, fantastic Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm that's, excited that's... to see that. I, was, I read that part in Bruce's book, and I'm dying to see that documentary. That was the best part of Bruce's book, I think. Yeah. When he was talking about going to Sarajevo during the war. Yeah, and he he loves the fact that he was you know next to the front lines because all of the 
all the really cool stuff he does with war and that. That's one of the the things, you know, I mean, I, I love World War II history and such, but you you can cover it, you can honor it, you can do everything, but you never went through it, and you can never earn that badge. Right. Um, but in his way, you know, being there and, and, and putting, you know, himself at risk for metal and just more or less to show solidarity with the people there. You know, it's... Yeah. I don't think he realized how much risk he was getting into until he got there. No. But uh, it'll be... I can't wait to see that documentary. It'll be cool. That's deadly. Yeah. We gonna do. Uh, we gonna do. Are we gonna uh, do our another segment of another love and hate? segment of love and hate. So, Josh, explain what love and hate is if people haven't heard. This love and hate is a segment where we um, basically pick a lyric that we love, or well, a set of lyrics that we love, a part of a maiden song that we love, and contrast it against a part of a maiden song that we hate. And it kind of came out of a debate that we had uh, over "Dance of Death" over the title track. We're uh, a bit prancing and dancing and all of that stuff. So, TNA. And we also had a, uh, it was an idea from one of our listeners. Oh, that's true too. So this is our segment. We call it uh, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate. So let's start off with the lyrics that we hate because they're the most fun. Yeah. And uh, I'll go. I'm gonna. I'll go for mine first. Yeah. This is a very. I'm. I'm choosing all the. Uh, the very obvious ones first. Yeah. In a time when dinosaurs walked the earth, when the land was swamp dinosaurs and were... caves were home, yes, in an age that. when prized possession was fire, to search for landscapes men would roam. That's right. Now, in fairness, Quest for Fire is an awesome. Song. I'm talking about the lyrics, not the song. No, but I know. Yeah. But when they lean into like Quest for Fire, like <laughs> that gets going. I love that yeah. song. I know. It's just I don't know. Yeah. This whole thing about like cavemen hiding in caves from the dinosaurs. I know. It's super cheesy. I think they could have done better. <laughs> it, it is. It is super cheesy. Do and because well. the one, the one I love, I picked. It's from Final Frontier on yeah. Coming Home, and that song Coming Home is just yeah. about. It's excellent. It's about Bruce flying. You can tell he probably came up with these lyrics while he was like flying in the cockpit. Yeah. It says, Over borders that divide the earthbound tribes, flown the dark Atlantic over mariner's stormy graves, we will ride this thunderbird, silver shadows on the earth, a thousand leagues away, our land of birth. Which is kind of cool that he was like a shout out to like mariners, which is like a tie back to ancient yeah. mariner. Um, I picked, because, you know, there, there's, I think the last time we did this, I did the one with, um, was it Where the Wild Wind Blows? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this one I was like, oh, I'll pick a good opening lyric that really exemplifies a the theme of the song, but one which just sounds super campy um, versus one that's that's awesome. And to be honest with you, they could both be campy, but they're both awesome songs. So the first one, Summer in Time, we already covered this song when we did the album Deja Vu. But when you see familiar faces, but you don't remember where they're from, could you be wrong? Yeah, but that's he leans into I love it yeah. and it's like when you've been particular places that you know you've never been before could you be sure or can you be sure like I love that that's yeah. so it's that's just cheddar cheese like, yeah, I love that I part say, I say like, worse but I'm saying it in a good way I know yeah <laughs> I love it man I, it's just so cheesy yeah but it's also yeah, but it's good it's good it walks that yeah. line where it's just like yeah awesome so it's it's worst, but not really in a yeah. sense. Like, and I love it. But then I turn it around, and and other people could actually flip these. This is why I pitted it. Okay. Put it this way: Flight of Icarus, peace of mind. Starts off as the sun breaks above the ground, and an old man stands on the hill. As the ground warms to the first rays of light, a bird song shatters the still. Like that's a brilliant lyric. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Now you could also go like because because. I'm I'm I brought it up like so many pies. I'm just in love with the song. I don't know why I love the you know the single. I love uh, uh, you know we talked about the thing of the B sides. I just love it so much, and I don't know why it's on my uh, uh, playlist. Yeah, yeah, dream list. It is. Yeah. That's right. Because I'm so I've, it's in all my list now. and I'm hitting it everywhere, and I don't know why Flight Icarus. It just I love it. It's the way it builds a crescendo. Yeah. No, and anyway, that was great. But the two of them, if you listen to the two songs, the two of them, they both start really lyrically strong. And one's kind of campy, but it comes back to it. I think when we covered Deja Vu, I think we said it's super cheesy in the first few times you listen to it, but then you start Deja to Vu. It. Yeah. Deja Vu. What did I say? No, I'm saying that's the way yeah, you sing Deja it. Vu. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. So good. Um, yeah. Awesome. So those are, uh, those are our selections for, for this, this week. week. 
So finally, we get to tee up this interview with Jarvis Leatherby, Night Demon. Man, this is fantastic. I can't wait to get to it. What do you think? He knows a lot about Maiden. He loves Maiden. He loves metal. Very very knowledgeable guy. Very excited. And that passion is going to come through. Can't wait for you guys to hear this. I hope you enjoy. Um, So we've got Night Demon here. Um, how we came about them is pretty different. I, I would say we did. How, how did how did how did this come about actually? Right. So, me and you on one of the podcasts, we were complaining about all these new metal bands. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that. How we can't couldn't find any good ones, and you were saying that like, if you just go to metal on Spotify, it was throwing bands that you didn't like out, and we were just like, where do you find new bands? We tried a few. We had recently just listened to a whole bunch together and we didn't really like any of them yeah and i was lamenting i think the fact that you know well radio play has never been great for metal but there was no radio option anyway so you know where does it really come about and what was the lead in right so anyway we got a uh, one of our listeners a girl named river she sent us a few bands one of them was one of the albums she recommended was darkness remains by night demon and we listened to it and instantly i loved it it was great it was like everything i love about like rock and metal it's great. And they got in touch with us. Uh, and that's how this happened. Fantastic. So we have with us here right now, we have Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. Hey, yes. Good to be with you guys, man. Love the show. Thanks for joining us, Jarvis. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, how's things in California? Pretty good, man. Actually, we just uh, flew back. We, we played um, Houston and Milwaukee this weekend. We just, just a couple fly dates, a couple festivals. So that was cool. The Hell's Heroes Festival, was it? Yeah, yeah, Hell's Heroes and Spring Bash in Milwaukee, which has been going on for like 10 years, I believe. Yeah, it was great, man. Like, if you want to talk about, like, you know, the newer bands, underground yeah, heavy well, no. metal bands, new wave of traditional heavy metal or whatever, like, those are, like, really good fests for that stuff. So we were, we were playing with a lot of the heavyweights and our peers in that scene, you know? That's cool. Yeah, I've, I saw that you were playing with Sam Hain and Diamond Head Raven. Yeah, Those yeah. Are pretty big names. Yeah, I actually uh, manage Sirithungal and, and also play bass in that band. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's one of those things, you know. Like when we started, it was you know, I mean, we didn't really know a whole lot about the the underground subculture that was happening with any kind of resurgence or any newer bands or anything like that. So, you know, we were kind of just doing it for ourselves. Look, so. You know, to look back on it now and <clears throat> in our short career to be like, yeah, you know, yep, we got asked to play with Sam Hain. We've done tours with Raven and Diamond Head and, you know, all that stuff. It's... You're opening for Accept? Yeah, we just did a, we just did a six-week tour with them in Europe. Awesome. And you're playing that Vakken open air? We are, yes, which is very cool, too. It's like one of those things. It's like, wow, man, that's really happening. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it should be great. So, yeah, we love new album. Like, every now and then, someone will turn me on to a new album. Uh-huh. And uh, last time this happened, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. Do you know them? Yeah, I love them. Yeah, so their Mind Control album I got into, and I just listened to it nonstop. And the same thing happened with Graveyard. Yeah, I, I know from listening to your shows, I know you're kind of like into, into like a lot of this like Stoner Doom stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah. now this Darkness Remains album just like blew my mind. It's pretty awesome. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's a that's a good compliment coming from you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I I uh, was driving. I was up in San Francisco on a trip, like between tours and just visiting some friends uh, up there. And I was so I was on this long drive back home because we're like near the L.A. area. And um, somebody somebody turned me on to your podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this on the way home. You know, listen to a few episodes. I ended up listening to like three episodes. And uh, I think it was like the the Power Slave ones and, and another one like that, and and like right when that last episode ended, I was almost home. And there was a car in front of me, and the license plate said I R N M D D N. Deadly. It's like I was like, oh man, that's a sign. And then that <laughs> night, somebody tagged us in a post with you guys, and it was like it was just the weirdest, weirdest <laughs> like coincidence. So I was like, I got to reach out to these guys, man. But yeah, no, it's really cool, man. It's anything made in is is good, and you know <clears throat> we don't have to spend the whole time talking about about Night Demon, you know, but because I know it is a Maiden show, but you know, I mean, obviously, Maiden is like uh, the gold standard of heavy metal, you know. You know, I grew up, um, you know, Live After Death was was my first introduction to the band, which is great because it's uh, 
you, you get everything there. You know, I mean, as an intro, it's like, man, you know. <laughs> that was so, also my first uh, Iron Maiden tape. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, it's great. Yeah, I had it. I got it on cassette. Yeah, yeah. I had it on cassette. <laughs> and I actually had like, it was a misprint. It had, um, I still have the cassette. It's Die With Your Boots On is printed twice in there because it's, it's like the, you know, they, they put more songs in the cassette than they had put on the on the on the original album you know they i think they had uh was it one of those maxi cassettes or whatever they call them yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally but it was like a misprint i go oh this is gonna be worth some money someday you know <laughs> then the internet happened and like now nothing's worth anything <laughs> <laughs> i'm still waiting for cassettes to come back <laughs> dude they listen they are coming back night even sells a lot of cassettes man right i saw on your website you have those heavy metal mixtapes uh, yeah, so that was something that we started in 2015 where, um, you know, we were kind of getting back into cassettes too. And we would do these like, uh, heavy metal beach party things since we like live on the beach. So it's like, you know, you just, you, everybody brings one cassette. We bring a boom box and just have beers and listen to heavy metal tapes on the beach. And like touring, touring all through the States, especially, I mean, we tour all over the world, but especially through the States, you know, you could always go to. To record stores and find you know they have like used cassettes and in our van all we have was a cassette player so you know you'd get get like great metal cassettes for like a dollar you know so what happened was some of our fans were hearing about this and they started making us mixtapes and i was like man i haven't like made a mixtape in got forever you know we we had toyed with the idea of putting out a compilation earlier but doing it on vinyl um just kind of like uh um a time capsule, I guess, if you will, of the time of, you know, what was happening in heavy metal, like long after that ship had sailed, I guess, you know, what was happening now, you know, in, 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 in America, right. you know, with, with newer heavy metal bands and stuff. So, um, we decided to do a cassette because, you know, we could get a lot more content on there and just for the nostalgic factor, it was cool. Let's do a mixtape, you know? And so like we put a digital download in it and limited it to like 666 hand numbered copies. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but we had, you know, um, we, um, I mean, even like the, 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 the artwork on it's great. It's like, it's, it's all handwritten on there and stuff. So, um, it went really well and it, and it took off and exposed a lot of bands. We were able to get some older bands too, that, that had newer songs and stuff. So it was great. Like it was a, it was a good thing for the fans and it spread all over the world and really did a lot for the bands on it. So we've, uh, we've been putting volume two together and (laughs) I'll give you guys an exclusive here. This is strange coincidence that you asked about this. It's called Canadian steel. And we are doing, we are doing all Canadian bands. Cool. And we have some old school bands like Anvil and Exciter and Razor and bands like this, you know, uh, and, and a lot of the, the top new school bands like Cauldron and Skullfist and, and bands like that, um, uh, Striker, you know. So uh, there's going to be something really special on that that I can't talk about yet, but it's, okay. it's pretty much Canadian royalty. So have you, have you got it filled out? Oh, I, I have like two spots left. Okay, that might be so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, we could talk about that later if you guys want yeah. to know some details before it's released, if you guys have any suggestions or anything. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, you know, we've just, oh, as a band, I mean, kind of always done the, you know, I manage other bands too and have have worked at, had owned my own booking agency and stuff. So, like, I've always been involved in the business side of things. And, like, you know, it's always something that we're, we're trying to, like, help expose other bands to and kind of just bring the scene up together as a whole. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. I have a shed in my backyard that I have, like, all my, I have a boombox out there. I got all my old Maiden VHS Dude, tapes and Thrax cassettes. So, we're always <laughs> out there. Great. So, when that comes out, we'll be sure to buy a copy, listen to it. <laughs> right on. Yeah, so uh, actually, that's a great story that you told about. Um, you know, when you first started listening to the podcast and that, you know, the guy's license plate and how it all comes together. And one of the interesting reflections that we've had as part of this is how many subcultures there are for Maiden. There's a lot more than we thought. But on YouTube, and there's a lot going on there, we saw you have a cover of Wasted Years Live. Oh, man. Which is amazing okay. with one guitar. Honestly, that was like lightning in a bottle. That I don't know how that performance was captured. I mean, just on like a cell phone or whatever. There's a... There's going to be like an official video of that coming out, um, actually next uh, this weekend. <laughs> oh, really? uh, awesome! But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was done professionally recorded with like you know ten cameras and 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 better audio and stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, we we played the Key Petru Festival in Germany 
which is a festival that sells out every year, like the day it goes on sale, it's like 3,000 people. And um, we have a lot of fans in Germany. So um, we, we were just blasting through our set, and we're like, shit, man, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have some time. You know? So we, 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 we kind of went backstage for like a little encore and came out, and I said, let's just let's bust out some Wasted Years. Cool. <laughs> so uh, it went great, you know, especially in front of that audience. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we're a three-piece band, but uh, we, if you listen to Night Demon, like our signature is like, you know, we 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 do a lot of harmonies between the guitar and the bass, which is which is you know for for a band playing like a throwback style of music, it's kind of like that's our own innovation. Yeah, well, I noticed you guys kind of have a, it's a really full sound, but you can hear everything really clearly, and it seems like there's a lot going on between the bass and the guitar. Yeah, exactly, that's and that's piece. kind of the goal. You know, it's like if you you use the tools that you have the best the to their to the best of their ability, you know, and and then through that through that like innovation sparks at times you know like unknowingly so um so that's cool i mean that's one thing i'm really proud of especially like i said playing a style of music where somebody might consider you uh a throwback or or a nostalgic kind of uh copycat of sorts maybe you know yeah i don't really hear that like i hear inspiration kind of from that new wave british heavy metal kind of sound yeah definitely but i hear like there's some like thrash and like 70s rock yeah, see, the cool thing is that, yeah, the cool thing is that, you know, like, I was born in 1981, so it's like, I, I, as much as I grew up listening to the old school stuff, and I still do, and, like, it's still my, my go-to, like, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up through in the thrash era, right. and in all these other sub-genres, and how, how, how this, how the genre evolved, you know, so, so I can't help but being influenced by a lot of that other stuff. Yeah, well, you hear yeah. a lot of different uh, influences in there. I, even like Stranger in the Room kind of has that doom metal kind of vibe to it. Totally. I, I love yeah, that, love see, that right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, one of my favorite songs on the newest album. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, man. I've listened to so much of you guys' stuff. Like, I feel like I, I like I know you do. It's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> but, which is weird, you know? I mean, like, I'm, I'm super, I'm a super busy guy, you know? And like, I really don't, I don't even watch TV, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I've just found the the podcast very entertaining, you know. Yeah. And you guys take a really like uh, innocent approach to it, you know. And it's not you're not uh, like the the iron fist of y- your opinions, you know, which is I think is really important. I mean, there's so many times where I listen to it where I want to jump in and go, <laughs> "Wait, no, you forgot about this," you know, or like I know the answer to that question, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can you can join our list of uh, fellow guests who then text us and and give us weighed in and, and it's yeah. awesome. We, we get it. reports of what we get wrong every yeah. now and then, oh, and, and things that are right, and some real deep dives on stuff, and then we have to go back on it. But uh, you have a song, uh, "Made in Hell," which uh, is totally awesome and full of maiden references, and we're going to play that for our listeners here now. And of course, we'll come back.
since this is a Maiden podcast, I mean, we've kind of touched on it a little bit there now, but can you tell us how you got into Maiden and how they really influenced you as a band? Yeah, so I was, um, I grew up in Southern California and I used to, ironically enough, have to spend every summer in, in New Jersey with my aunt because my, my mom worked a lot and, uh, you know, I was home from school. And so I never really had a California summer, which is kind of, kind of weak, but, <laughs> but I'd go out there and, you know, I was, I'd gotten really into like Metallica and Ozzy and Black Sabbath and, you know, I was just way into metal as a young kid. And, um, I used to just go buy cassettes and CDs every weekend and stuff, you know, go to the mall. And uh, I stumbled across Live After Death. Like, I had seen the Maiden covers, you know. I had known about them. I had heard there's a video <clears throat> that I have of me and my buddy when we were, like, maybe nine years old um, with our dad's guitars, like, rocking out to uh, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Oh, awesome. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, our friend's older brother's like, you've got to hear this song you know and we were just like nine years old or something so but we were like fantasy rock stars and we didn't know how to play at all we had not even started playing you know but that was the first thing that was that was all i heard of maiden for you know three or four years and then um so i just decided you know i'm gonna pick up a cassette you know i so i got i got live after death i thought that was the best cover art you know and uh I was going to the airport to fly home, and I had a Walkman. I'll never forget. So I was like, "This, yeah." So I was probably like 12, 12 or thirteen, and um, and I put it in, and I was like, "Man, that whole flight home, that whole five hours, I must have just I played that tape, you know, three, three, four times." Or, um, and it was just great. I remember hearing. Uh, I mean, just you know, when it's when it started with. Uh, when it started with Aces High, you know, I was like, oh, wow, what a great intro. And then, like, I had never heard bass guitar like that, you know, and I was like, wow, that's really prominent, but it's really good. Um, and then, you know, Two Minutes to Midnight comes up, and I was like, man, this just keeps yeah. getting better. Like, like yeah. it is almost like a live greatest hits. It's perfect yeah, intro. It's yeah. like, what is going on here, you know? And then Revelations, you know, I mean, it's still, I mean, I still can just run down the tracks because I still, I still remember it like that. Like I played it so much and, you know, you were talking about VHS, you know, I would come home to the, we had a local video store that's actually still open. It's the only one in the oh, county yeah? <laughs> here, but, and they're killing it now in business. They're the only one, but they had live after death on VHS. And, you know, I would, I rented that thing so many times because, you know, they had one copy, you know, I must've spent <laughs> hundreds of dollars renting it, you know? And again, this was like pre-internet. I didn't know where to get that stuff you know and in southern california and in, in suburbia there wasn't you know you think of la the sunset strip and all this but that that was dead in the 90s you know and like there, there wasn't you know i went to like private school and stuff as a kid so i didn't really have i had a couple like friends in iraq but like there just weren't those kind of outlets there wasn't the internet and like there was no subculture happening around me right. with that you know is that the same uh, school that's on the cover of the darkness Remain that's Calvin. actually Vent the city we live in Ventura, California. That's actually the city hall. Oh yeah, it says City Hill on it, right? I should yeah, remember. yeah. We tried to pay- we tried to paint the picture of the town about how it really is, and not how people <laughs> really see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. I didn't mean to so, derail your conversation anyway. No, 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 no. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, um, and we can talk about that. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I mean, just every time I I think about Iron Maiden, it's just a it's just a great. It's just a nostalgic feeling, and it's kind of like I just—it's—it—it it, it makes me feel good today, and it—and it still makes me feel how I did when I when I first heard it in a way of uh, at least the feelings of it. I mean, there's you know you listen to a band long enough, you're like, okay, I can go the rest of my life without hearing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or or you hear it, and it's not like it doesn't really grab you immediately like how it how it used to, but you 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 know because you just know it so well, but. But every time I, I listen to those records, you know, I I, I, uh, I immediately go back and, and say, hey, you know, I'm doing what I want to do with my life. And this was this was the reason why, you know, like it inspired me to do it, you know. Yeah, me and Josh, I would say there's so much Maiden and there's so many like phases of Maiden that it's almost impossible to get sick of it. Because if you listen to if you get sick of like the Bruce stuff, you can go to the Paul stuff, even the Blade yeah. stuff, even the newer stuff, the older stuff. Yeah, it's funny talking yeah. to people, you know, everybody gets got into them at different times and 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 you know, I had a, I had like friends growing up that were like really that were they were just, they were punk and hardcore kids for life, you know, but the made the metal they liked was Slayer and Maiden and like right. you know, it was all about like Seventh Son and I'd be like, "Dude, you got to listen to the Diano stuff. Like oh, you yeah. guys, especially you guys would appreciate this." They never got into it and then like a couple of years ago one of them came up to me, you know, after 15 years and goes, "Hey man, you know, 
I got into the Diana stuff, and I got to tell you, like, now it's all I listen to. You were right, you know? So it's funny, we're recording the uh, Killers album episode tonight. Later oh, on, really? So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> man, man, that's well, amazing. Well, we got half of it done. We did half of it last week. We had to take a break because you need to step away and reflect on it. And you also, like, we did a Power Slave recording once. And we got so into it, and we got a little drunk. <laughs> By the end of it, like we were just rambling over yeah. each other, and then we realized like your mood can also affect your music. Like so much when you listen to it, there's sometimes you just lean right into it, and other times maybe you've heard it too much, or you're in a mood for the earlier stuff. So we try right. and split it up, but I mean, you know, I guess you can't have 30 episodes on one album, or can we? <laughs> no, right. Well, hey, look, I mean, you got to think about it too. If you guys are just talking about one band, it's like there's. You could think, hey, there's only so much we can, we, how far are we going to take this, you know? But, I mean, look, the good thing is that the band is still active, and they have stuff going on, which is exciting, you know? Me and Josh have a list of uh, 45 episode topics that we're going to do. <laughs> well, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, again... There, you can you can you can keep, you can always go back to it you know or you you can you can keep doing stuff as long as like the interest is there and the love for the band is still there between you guys you know um but uh yeah interesting back really quick back to the um just back to when different times people got into maiden I, i've heard you guys talk about you know your love for for blaze bailey um <laughs> and like i didn't mean to laugh i mean he's a great dude um and you know for me personally that was an exciting time in my life because when those records came out, like when X Factor came out, I was, I think I was 16 years old, and um, you know I got had got my driver's license and I was going to concerts every every week with my friends, driving down to Hollywood, and like that was a time where I saw Maiden a lot, and I saw them, you know, you got to see them in a thousand capacity room, yeah, you that's know, something and like you get to do like, very often. <laughs> yeah, like being in LA, like you know, Lemmy was there, King Diamond was there, our Metallica guys were there. You know, like people would come, you know, and like, but you can you can go right up to the front, you know, when the show starts and be right in the front row and get in with that action, you know. And awesome. like I was getting, I have guitar picks and wristbands from the band and stuff, and like That's it was awesome. just, it was a real closeness with the band, you know. And of course, I wanted to see Bruce, but I was seeing Bruce solo back then too in like 500 capacity clubs in California. You know, so God. yeah, same with yeah, Rob Halford. Amazing. You know, I would see I would see Priest in an 800 capacity room and Rob Halford solo in a 500 room. So like oh both God. those bands were split at the time, you right. know. And then I saw them on the Ed Hunter tour when Bruce came back and they were playing a 9,000 seat outdoor venue like immediately, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it was great. It was it was fantastic, you know. So uh, so yeah, that's kind of in short my my maiden story. So um, but, one more Maiden related thing I want to ask you is, uh, so, you know, Maiden's pretty famous with their like Eddie and their album covers. Uh-huh. And I noticed you guys have this uh, Rocky character, the right. skeleton. Yeah. I noticed him yeah. on uh, the Darkness Over Britain poster and your t-shirts and album covers. Merch. Like whose idea was that and how'd that come about? It, it was basically the friend of ours drew the cover to our first EP. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, the black uh, and white one. Yeah, right. So so he just, you know, drew that and, and we're like, yeah, that looks cool, you know, and then we just kind of took on this whole story. When we wrote the song, The Chalice, we're like, okay, this guy, his name, his name is actually Rockwell Ogden Aldrich the third. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like an ancient demon priest that like, that travels through time and can like basically take the form of anybody. Um but uh i mean and that's just our stupid little backstory that we made up but right. but yeah you know like we, we we were like the band needs a mascot yeah. of some sorts you know and he comes on so, stage too right um he does during the song the chalice so and what's, um, and what's yeah, in the does. chalice what's yeah people chalice? drink out of the chalice what's that all about <laughs> you know it's usually jägermeister um but when we play all ages shows we just put uh water and red food coloring but okay. but uh but but you know if we're uh but it's usually booze, <laughs> you know. Awesome. People and and fans are always like, like, yo, give me the chalice, you know. And they don't know what's in there. And we've seen some people like, I'm like, on the verge of heaving, you know. So uh, it's pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, you know, we 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 just wanted something, you know. It's kind of funny. Like I guess in hindsight, we're like, yeah, man. Like I guess 
we just kind of pulled a maiden and did an eddy i guess some sort but but you know and and it's funny too because we were like always telling the, our artists like we don't want it to look like eddy and like people come back like hey i made you a custom mask like i like kind of looks like eddy you know it's like it's like almost like we put it into their head you know like once we said that you know so but we've we've like on the second record or the first full length curse of the dam you know we went away from the story a little bit and we we did a completely different thing about this this axe murder and we we had a comic book that we made that went along with it and uh, the blood sacrifice yes yeah and so you know that's so it's kind of turned into a thing where we kind of have i mean you know as the band progresses, I mean, we may have like a, like a cast of characters. It's like, like the night demon super friends or something, you know, <laughs> like maybe one day there'll be an onstage fight between them or a right. battle or something, you know, that guy with the but, axe I mean, on the cover of yeah, the person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, you know, the thing is there's a fine line between like, like brilliant and cheesy, you know? Right. And so we, we always try and straddle that line of like, you know, just like, like, like the raising hell concert. It's like, you know, that could have been really cool, you know yeah, it did. I have that on VHS in the shed, and that's not very uh, well done. <laughs> no, but it could have been. It could you know, have been. It was yeah. a good idea. It just wasn't well executed. Yeah. You know, so we we think about a lot of things. You know, people. You know the old saying. You know, what would Jesus do? You know, like I, we always say, what would Maiden do? Like whenever whenever we have like a, a career decision to make or crossroads to you know when we're when we're in any kind of dilemma or conflict or trying to make an important decision we always say what would iron maiden do i'm like they wrote the blueprint on how to do this you know like what would they do if they were asked this what would their what would their you know where does your integrity lie you know what i'm saying so uh and being a full-time band and doing it for a living and you know like you have to think about those things it's a business but you also have to think about the long term of things you know you can't think about short-term money i mean we've been offered endorsement deals by certain companies and like uh just stuff that compromised us a little of, of our integrity a little bit and have decided hey maiden wouldn't take that money you know right. they would they would keep doing what they're doing and no sunny d in the chalice no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so you know it's just uh it's the same thing. It's like the, like I said, the blueprint's been been written and by them and, and a few other bands, you know. Um, and we we follow that like religiously, almost, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's a cool thing, you know. I mean, if you want to be successful in anything, I guess even in any kind of business, like, you can kind of study business people, or if you want to be the president, you can study presidents, you know. I guess. Uh, so that's just. I mean, we're we're all metal all the time, and so like we, that's kind of what we do, you know. Uh, we got a few uh, wrap-up questions here, uh, but just a quick yeah. one about your um, uh, about your own process. Uh, what is your writing process? Because I know you're there, bass and vocals, and it's an interesting comparison when we look at Maiden from mm-hmm. a writing perspective. Uh, what is your process, and who's involved in that? I guess that is a good, interesting compar- com- comparison since Steve Harris, as a bass player, I guess is a primary songwriter for the band. Um, you know, usually it's just it's 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 a riff. It's a good riff, and then it's like, let's put the music together, and then the vocals come in, vocal melodies, and then the song gets restructured a little bit to that, and then lyrics. But on the last record, we were trying to challenge ourselves and do some things where we would write a theme, and we would write some lyrics, and try and write the music to it, which is really difficult, but if you put enough time into it and stick with it, it's pretty rewarding, you know, like, Oh man, you know, cause we're not, I mean, we, we're career musicians, you know, we've, we've been playing for over 20 years, but none of us are like, we're all self-taught, you know? So, so we've played in a lot of different bands and a lot of different styles too, which is really, I'm blessed, you know? Um, but, but we've, you know, I can't sit there and, and say, okay, I want to write a sad song. It's going to be in this key and it's going to go this way and it has to use this scale. Cause that's the sad, you know, right. like we, we don't we don't come from that kind of background, which is which is good and bad. Well, that's one thing I noticed coming from Curse of the Dam to Darkness Remains is the song structures. There's a lot of like time changes and cool guitar. Like Flight of the Manticore pretty much blew my mind the first time I heard it. <laughs> wow, thanks, man. Yeah, and you know it's hard to do an instrumental as a three piece band. Yeah, We've always wanted to do it, so that was a touchy one. I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, that came across well. Um, yeah, I did. I had did write some lyrics for it and some vocals and stuff, but it was just there's so much going on there. It was just taken away from the song, and it already had a good good kind of vibe to it, you know. So we just we we rolled the dice on that, and it's been a it's been great live too. So, um, uh, but yeah, but, you know, if uh, talking about songwriting and talking about you know the, the track you just played, Made in Hell. Um, 
you know, that was one thing I wanted to write a song as a tribute to Maiden. And um, we took basically on that record the least Maiden like influenced song musically, I guess you could say, you know. And uh, I thought that was the right choice because, you know, we have some other parts that like, OK, that sounds like Iron Maiden could have done that, you know. But this song really kind of had more of like a rainbow kind of Richie Blackmore feel to yeah, it. Yeah. So um, tied in with like a kill em all kind of thing with like the tight palm muting part in the verses and stuff but you know with that song i had i had written all these lyrics and it was like i ended up scrapping the whole thing after a couple months because i was like this is just stupid you know like i said fine line between great and cheesy and i was just like man you know it was like the lyrics were just bad i mean i can't remember what they were i have them somewhere but it's something you know like you're the best band and it was just like (laughs) it's like come on man you know like we're a pro we're a pro rock band like we don't need to be doing that and it doesn't need to it doesn't need to be as juvenile so right when i was about to give up on it you know i said you know let me let me just i just want to like just look at i don't even want to listen to maiden i just want to like just look at some of the lps you know so and i you know i have them all so i started pulling them out and I and I and I flipped them. I flipped the whole stack around, and I came to the back cover of of one of them. And I was like, "Oh!" So I just started looking at all the back covers. I'm like, "Let me not look at the front covers to kind of get some inspiration." And I said, "Dude, the song's here. It's written. It's the songs. It's mm-hmm. the damn song titles." <laughs> so I tried to go pretty much in chronological order as best I could. Some of it didn't make sense, so I shifted a couple things there around. But the eras are pretty much in stat in. They're pretty much stacked in order, so I yeah, tried to tell. I thought it was story. cool. You had Brave New World, Final Frontier, Eternity Fails. Yeah, even and, like and, the later and, stuff. But you missed. You, you're you're going to hate this as the biggest Blaze Bailey sport in the world. <laughs> but the line, but the line before that, I, you know, I didn't mention any songs off X, X Factor or Virtual Eleven. I said came out of a Blaze yeah. to find the Brave New World. Now <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned them. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, do you own, do you own the Blaze albums? And do you consider them Maiden? Wait, do I own the Blaze Maiden albums? Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Not the solo records or, or Wolfsbane. Yeah. But, oh, they're definitely Maiden albums. Definitely, definitely. Especially since, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like that was a big part of my life. Like that was my introduction to Iron Maiden Live. That was, a, you know, right. that was the first time yeah. I had seen them. And, I, and I, all I knew was them with him, you know, like as far as my personal human to human experience with them you know um that's 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 all i knew um as, as far as seeing them in person uh yeah it was a great again man it was a it was a great time in my life um and it was good to hear the old songs and, and hear him do them i mean but at that point still i mean he was my least favorite guy in the band like if if you said hey you get to go backstage and meet the band meet you know, one member, like he would be the last on my list, you know, but that's just, and that's no fault of his own, you know? Yeah. It was a hard situation to walk into. Yeah. That's a position he's put in and he knows that, you know? And so I'm sure he's grateful for it. That's why he has somewhat of a career today. Um, but yeah, I mean, look at all eras of even look at if Bruce leaves and they get a new singer, I don't know. I mean, I don't see that happening, but you never know if it did, you know, I'd still support it. You know, it's made in. Yeah. Me and Josh were actually just talking about that. Yeah, and there's a there's a whole debate about how long they go on and how many members, and then there are bands now like that are actually considering right. Like ACDC is putting a new album out, No Malcolm. Well, okay, you know, I mean that band pretty much self destructed. Like, I mean, you're down to one guy now. I know. You know, <laughs> so you know, at least with Maiden, I mean, you're down to two guys. I guess. I mean, if you're considering the start of the studio albums, yeah. you know, you're down to two guys. And, you know, the other guys have been in the band for so damn long. It's like, you know, they've, <laughs> they've been in the band longer than the, the original guys that you w- did want to see. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I think, like, you know, like, Yannick's earned his keep, you know? I mean, he's allowed to throw his guitar around yeah. and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, him from, we uh, yeah. added up all the time that Yannick and Adrian were in the band, and it works out to be almost exactly the same t- amount of time. No, not the really, same like, to this day? But, yeah, almost yeah. within, like, weeks, yeah. Just, you know, in the early days of in the 70s and 80s with with rock, like things moved so much faster, you know, like the bands were putting out multiple records a year or an album a year, you know, and and also you got to figure you got to factor in the age and just where they're at in life, you know, like, uh, you know, bands, bands that are 30 plus years into their career, they don't need to go tour 
nine months out of the year every year you know they don't need to put out a record every year they have families now and there's and they and financially they just don't need to do it you know i mean maiden didn't start taking home any money as a band personally until probably after somewhere in time you know so you gotta think about that you know yeah. i mean they're a huge they're a huge band but all they were doing was you know they would make money and they put it back into the show and into the production and build the brand till they got to that tipping point right. where it was like okay here we go yeah. you know but it takes a while to do that you know no matter who you are so so you know more power to them absolutely you mind if we shoot a few uh, just generic maiden questions at you i would love to all right yeah. perfect what's your favorite maiden album <laughs> the thing is, you know, I would have to say "Live After Death" because it's my first one, but mm -hmm. and it's the best one. But it's it's not it's not an album because it's a live album, so I can't really count that. For of all the live albums, it's the best by far, by far. Even mm -hmm. like even production wise, you know, which trips me out. As the more you know, as the band's career went on, like more records came out, more live albums came out. Live at Donington, uh, real live one, real dead one, you know, all this stuff, and like still. I still think Live After Death is the best live. It's like, it's the pinnacle of the band, I think. Yeah, and Adrian's on fire, that album, too. Yeah, oh, amazing. I mean, there's great stuff after that, don't get me wrong. But that was the peak. That was the height of excitement of, like, a pure underground breakthrough, you know, of, like, damn, man, this is something, you know? So, um, but so I would Virtual say, Eleven? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Man, it's so hard. It's so hard, and I don't even know any Maiden fan that can really answer that question. But uh, that's a good answer. I would say, man. I mean, okay, okay. If I I have to pick one, right? Okay, so I'm gonna say, <laughs> Two, all right. Three. So so go ahead and kill me for this one. I'm gonna say Number of the Beast. Ooh, oh, that's great. I love it, man. I'm I agree. Say, you know I what? If it. I have to pick one, if I have yep. to pick one, yep. I'm gonna say Number of the Beast. I am. I I I. No disrespect to uh, to Nico McBrain, but like I, I'm just a, I'm a I'm big Clive Burr fan. I like I think his creativity is off the charts. His yeah, looseness, a cool feel to his drumming too. Totally, his yeah. looseness to the band and his his attitude and his playing style, especially seeing it live. It's just it's got that youthful innocence to like just the whole new wave of British heavy metal thing, and like it's he he brings a fresh take on it there's a lot of musicianship in his playing but there's a real roughness to it and like there's a there's a you know he's not he's not sticking to any certain meter you know he he has a lot of great dynamics as far as slowing down and speeding up you know yeah and um i think he he plays a lot he he, he has a lot of creativity but at the same time i don't ever feel like he overplays you right. know i feel like it's kind of comparable to guns of roses after the sure. appetite like for Ad, destruction, Adler, yeah. Ad, 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 Adler, yeah. Sorum kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Like Sorum's even yeah, more Matt technical. Or... Much more, he, yeah, Matt Sorum's a much more solid drummer. Like if you listen to those cult records, it's like man, yeah. it's weight and power and it's solid and he's in that pocket. But Stephen Adler has this kind of it's like uh, a swing to it. It's a wildness. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 great, man. Yeah. I agree. It's like or it's like Gar Samuelson and Nick Menza. You know, it's like dude, they're just two great things, but two very unique people in their own way you know but yeah and so number of the beast man and the first it's the first record with bruce the production on it's amazing um you know get past all the thing all the things that are like okay how many times have i heard these songs they're all like hits right. you know like run to the hills whatever i don't ever need to hear that again you know mm -hmm. i'm bummed that they always play it live they could play something up when they could play something else you know but um like I understand why it's a big hit. It's a single and there's, you know, maidens playing to, you know, 20,000 plus every night. They're not like that kind of band. They have some responsibility to play some of those songs, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, but no, just the vibe of the whole record's good. I think it's like, you know, you talk about bands like seminal third albums. They definitely hit the mark on that. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, the thing is, you know, I get the peace of mind and power slave to me are, almost the same album they're one album to me in a way yeah i don't know I, I i see that period as just that's it's a buffer i i think they're they're both continuations of number of the beast to get to that stadium or that arena rock level you know yeah where they the, i you know i think that whole time period between actually between those three albums the first three bruce albums they're kind of together as one for me you know like they like they're they're recorded very closely together the, any of the songs could have been on the other albums you know yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. take because if we were gonna when we did power slave and that's often 
the feedback we get is most people hold that up there. And I think it's exactly what you pointed at, that they were at that scale at that stage. But one of the things we poked a hole in is, you know, power slave has such this identifiable theme, but it's so it's like skin deep. It's so weak. And it's, and yeah, I think you just really summed it up there. It's basically, it was just them trying to get to a certain scale. I think so too. And it was just like, you know, they were kind of just, you know, Rod Small would put them out on the road and they're like, okay, we're, we're getting bigger. We're touring, we're opening up for a lot of bands, you know, and, you know, they did a lot of a lot of arena tours with other bands as a support band when Number of the Beast hit. You know, and Number of the Beast kind of broke them, but they, you know, they didn't fully break till Power Slave. But I'll tell you, when Power Slave broke, like Number of the Beast was the one that really skyrocketed that record. You know, I mean, that was the one that people were like, okay, I'm gonna check out their other records, and they're like, whoa, you know, how did I miss this one? Right. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, um, and just, you know, you got Hollow Be Thy Name, The Prisoner, Children of the Dan. I mean, there's some really unsung songs in there. My only problem with the record is that Total Eclipse is not a part of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, I would say, you know, they originally they wanted to put that on instead of Gangland. I really like Gangland. I would have put it on instead of Invaders. Like, mm-hmm. I think Invaders is a good, like, the riff is great. It's a good opener, but the yeah. chorus I just think like, chorus is oh, cheesy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the, uh, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the ascends and descends, like, do 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 It's right. just too, oh, I don't know. It's the worst. Yeah. I, I agree, too. It's, it's like a weak part. My, yeah, but it's like, you know, somebody grabbed the play school music, my first musical scale <laughs> or whatever, and, you know, I, I shouldn't, listen to me, man. I'm not, I have nothing bad to say about this, man. I no, I know. That. It's but, the Mona Lisa, and but, you're just you're just giving an angle on it. That's fine. They're just so no, they're just so important that you have to break it down like that, yeah. you know. And to them, they were just like, "Hey, look, we got a new singer. We don't know where the hell this thing's going," you know. Like there was, I'm sure they were just doing whatever they felt at the time, at at whatever young age they were, you know. <clears throat> so you can't fault them. I wasn't doing that when I was their age, you know. So yeah, and it's easy uh, to look back now and see think <laughs> that they had like this big plan to go from album to album, but they're really just writing songs and putting them out. Right, right. And I feel that you know, in that spirit, you know, they were they were right in the thick of it for those three albums, kind of doing the same thing, you know. And then I thought, you know, because I'm an artist, man, and I know like when you when you climb and you get to a certain point, like sometimes you you can run out of steam a little bit. And that's kind of what I felt about somewhere in time for most of my life. I felt like it was a little bit of a drop off. Yeah. Well, from it was where for they were, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, now I listen to it because I'm so burnt on the other ones that right. I'm like, this record is amazing, <laughs> you know? And then I have a nostalgic feel for that too, you know? But that happens with any band you love. Like, I'm a huge Kiss fan. I'm a huge and, like, Kiss fan too. Well, up till, <laughs> yeah. I even like. Well, me and Josh get in these fights all the time. Like, yeah. I love the first four classics, and I like everything up to. I even like like Animalize, Asylum. Well, yeah, but see, that's the thing for me too, man. It's like I, you know, I've listened to the classic stuff so much that now I'm like, like I listen to like, uh, you know, Hot in the Shade and like The Elder or something, you know, because <laughs> I like I'm just The like, Elder. I actually read there's this book that came out. I can't remember what it's called. Someone just I've heard about the, the book. I haven't read it. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a very very detailed. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was having coffee the other day uh, before we left on this last short trip, and you know, Bruce Kulick's walking up. Really? I was like, yeah, he had a, like a shopping bag, and he looked like hell. And like, I was, I had, I had just went to a record show in Chicago and bought an old backstage pass for the <laughs> uh, Animalized tour. Right, it was, Mar- it was Mark St. John, right? No, yeah, sorry, it wasn't Animalized. It was. Um, it's escaping me right now, probably. Crazy Nights? Phone. <laughs> it was Crazy Nights. Okay. It was Crazy Nights. And it was a Japanese Crazy Nights backstage pass. It was pretty simple artwork, but I thought, oh, I want to have that. That's you know? cool. And so I was like, oh, man, you know, Bruce is here. And I had it in my car. And I just like digging through the mess in my car, and I couldn't find it. And I didn't really want to keep him waiting there. So I was like, it's cool, man. It's nice to meet you. So I let him go. Then I walk into the coffee shop, and then he walks in like 10 minutes later, and he's like, it was just awkward moments. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, hey, again. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but anyway, yeah. So, you know, I was going to say, yeah, being a, being a huge fan of any band that has a huge catalog is like, you know, eventually, eventually in your life, you're going to go to those records that you hated when they came out or you didn't think were good enough or or whatever, you know, and you're going to go, hey, look, there's some this is still my band. And like they did something here and now now I'm ready for it, you know. So that's kind of how I feel right now about Somewhere in Time and 
seventh son and and um you know especially like no prayer never got me and now i listen to that more you know yeah i'm like let me just listen to it again you know and fill up better than i remember yeah yeah it There's is, some good it stuff is on there, you know still. and people give a lot of crap to about fear of the dark like people give that album a lot of shit and like you know when that album came out i was really young and i i loved it you know like i was like this is great you know like i i was really into it no but that's that's a good point and actually what you said there um, when you're talking about you know some of these lesser known albums, um, one of the things we try and advocate to our listeners is the newer stuff, especially since Bruce returned is amazing. And people, it amazes us when we because we travel to see Maiden a lot, of course. And when right. we see them and we talk to people, like the Book of Souls album is amazing, and a lot of people hadn't even listened to it. And if you look at their set list, like you're missing the, probably the key moments in there. But then you also wonder like what in Brave New World do they not know? You know, and and so half of the set list is basically they're hearing it for the first time. We met people who've gone to tours and they never even knew the album. And it just breaks our heart, you know? Well, yeah, you know. And, uh, I mean, I think that's, like, more more credit to Maiden for doing, like, you know, when Final Frontier came out, I took a friend to see him. And, you know, he heard, you know, that tour was comprised, you know, 80% of songs from the the, the latest four records. Yep. And he was super bummed, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, but he left the show like, hey, the songs are good. I just don't know him, you know? And they're like, yeah. Brother-in-law saw the Matter of Life and Death tour where they did the whole album. Yeah, see, and there's that too. My only, my only, not my only gripe, that's a whole nother conversation about the newer records, but my biggest gripe and the thing I hate to see is I think they're slipping, I think they're losing the battle on the artwork. Like ever, like, I'm not, and I'm not going to say since Riggs has been gone, because I've seen Derek Riggs' latest stuff and it's not it's not blowing me away, you right. know. But but it's they're just losing the battle on the on the artwork. I think that the artwork has really suffered from Brave New World on. I mean, I know that's a it's a pretty good cover. Um, and I heard you guys talking about that Fright Night comparison, which by the way is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's my number <laughs> two favorite movie of all time. What's so, your number one? Oh, uh, Back to the Future. Oh yeah, first time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> good. But. But but um, but you know I the art has been uh, it's it's just di- poor digital art to me you know like like the the way that I see it, especially like the Dance of Death cover oh, those and nasty. you know it's just like they're they're made and they they're hold they're held to a higher standard and I think that you know they should concentrate a little bit more on on that you know I mean even the Book of Souls cover I mean the stage set is so amazing like they could have I think they could have. They could have made a, a better cover, especially when you look at the live album on the inside. Some, yeah. of, the, yeah. some of the artwork in yeah. the in the live album is amazing. But I agree with you. Nesbit and I actually have had this debate. He loves the simplicity and the Christmas of the Book of Souls cover, and I do as well. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, Dance of Death, the Matter, Life, and Death. They could have done so much more with yeah. that cover, and yeah. then Final Frontier as well. Yeah, exactly. I think Final Frontier is the sorry Final Frontier is the best of them. I think of artwork wise. But, but, uh, you know, Book of Souls to me, like when, you know, when they released the album, the local record store out here, we, we put on a festival called Frost and Fire. It's a, it's the biggest traditional heavy metal festival in the States. I'm proud of that. Like we, we do that. And they wanted us to do a special, uh, festival announcement at, at the record store when they released the record and they were doing a official Iron Maiden listening party. So we got in on it. And I got the LP, and I opened it up, and I was like, to me, I was like, okay, it, artwork could have been better. What I like about it, and also don't like about it, it's very power slave to me. It seems like it's it's like, okay, we're not going Egyptian, we're going like Incan right, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, but it's the same kind of thing with the hieroglyphic stuff, and it's like, to me, I was like, well, you know, it's you guys already not only has it been done, but you guys did it, you know. So, but the thing I liked about book of souls is it's just the simple eddie on the cover and my favorite right. eddie my favorite album cover is the first ep- first album oh, cover. of course so of course. to me it's almost like a a flashback to that Americans back to it you know what i mean we, yeah, yeah yeah so what, what's I, your no, favorite I, album cover overall though of all of them uh, what would be your favorite studio it's, album it's, cover? It, it's the it's i agree it's the first the first one yeah, yeah. the first album cover yeah, yeah. and and yeah funny yeah. enough night demon we have, you know, I mentioned our festival, Frost and Fire. We have an edition that we do in London, and that's on May 11th and 12th. So we're going to be flying out for that in a couple of weeks. And we're stoked. Like, it's a sold-out show, and, like, we've sold out two nights. And we're, we're really happy to, to launch that there. But we actually have a photo shoot planned in London in front of the wall 
that was right outside of Derek Riggs' house that he got the inspiration to paint Eddie in front of. That oh, brick wall awesome. is still that brick wall is still there. So so you know, we make the pilgrimage to all these kinds of places, you know. But I mean, if you look at our record, uh, Darkness Remains, it's very influenced by like somewhere in time. There's a lot of uh, hidden stuff in in our record and like throwbacks to like lore of the band, you know, stuff written on the statue. Yeah, we're actually um, looking at it here right now. Yeah, the guy from this from from Curse of the Dam, the 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 he's up in one of the windows, you know. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of hidden significance to everything there. So, and if you're a hardcore fan of the band, you pick up on stuff like that. So, um, you know, we we definitely and again, it's like we're not trying to copy made but in hindsight we look back and we're like, man, that's very made in esque, you know? <laughs> like, but it's cool, you know, like I said, if you're going to if you're gonna copy anybody, copy the originators, I guess. Yeah. You know, don't don't go with whatever's trendy, yeah. right? Well, it just seems like inspired by sort of. It doesn't exactly, seem, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very cool. But you know, I'm proud that we've built up our own lore with our own band to, to kind of do that and to follow in the footsteps. And you know, maybe it's not gonna be around forever. So, so I I hope that you know we can carry on. And we have a lot of fans around the world that feel that spirit within us that we're we're carrying that torch to the to the next stage. You know. Well, to the next group yeah. of fans, the next generation, I guess. That's awesome. I, was, I saw that you have a North American tour planned for the summer. Yes. And uh, I saw you're coming to Toronto, and I was trying to plan. We're going to, uh, we're seeing Manchester and two London shows in August, and I was trying to plan oh, my the trip. Legacy tour? Yeah. So we were trying okay. to plan the flights back so we could connect in Toronto, but it's not going to work out. <laughs> Oh bummer! That's too bad. Well, we'll 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 make it back someday. I mean, yeah. we we tour a lot. Like I said, you know, like you look at Maiden's schedule. If you look at ours, it's like we're like the old the old days of Maiden. I mean, we we're we're constantly on the road. Yeah, so, it's like you're constantly touring. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a yeah. it's that's we've learned how to do it from them. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. You guys have a tour coming up this summer and uh, North American tour. Yeah, you're playing some big festivals too. Do you want to? Yeah, we're about to go to Europe and do some uh, big festival, rock hard Germany with Saxon and Diamond Head, uh, and Saint. It's going to be great. That's they awesome. sold ten thousand tickets, so I'm wow. b- beside myself. Uh, uh, like I said we have our festival, Frost and Fire. You can look at that on our website. Nightdemon.net has kind of everything that we do. Yeah, you know we're always out there doing stuff, and we're <clears throat> we're shedding up this week and trying to write for the next record, which will be out next year. Um, but yeah, you know, we're out there. We're waiting for the call from Maiden. <laughs> we we've we've been waiting for the call, you know. I mean, they they've had a it seems like they're past the point of taking their kids out on tour, which is cool, you know. I mean, I'm glad they got to do that, you know, for them. But uh you know, the thing is is like I let me just touch on this really quickly. Um and this goes out to all the bands like Maiden, Priest, Metallica and stuff. You know, I I really think that uh like, you know, these bands are like, it's big business, you know, there's a lot of livelihoods that revolve around these organizations, you know, so I understand how things work. Um, <clears throat> however, I think uh, it would be a, a great service to the fans of these bands for them to take out support bands that that are here to carry the torch and wave the flag for the next generation, as opposed to whatever the hot band is at the, at the moment. You know, yeah, I, I don't think they I don't think they need a support act at all to sell tickets to get people in the seats. I don't think that at all. I think anybody that that opens for Maiden benefits from it. But if they're a band that doesn't fit on the bill, uh, they don't benefit from it and neither do the fans. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is left up to management and bigger business and favors and stuff. And, you know, I'm a manager of, of five very successful bands you know some more successful than my own and so i know how that works you know but but at the end of the day you know it's like let's 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 do a service for for the metal community you know and and for the fans that are coming to see the band let's give them something that they can take with them into the future and and keep going what what these bands have have started well, Jarvis, um, your passion for metal is amazing, and Night Demon, we have to say, we're incredibly impressed with this. We came on to you through a uh, listener recommendation, and I've been following you now, listening to your playlist on Spotify, and you're very popular there, and as a result, you've become a feed for me into a new wave of artists. So we wanted to say 
thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. It was fantastic. And your depth of knowledge and your passion for metal is just something that I think all of us are very excited by. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I feel the same way about you guys. Like I said, I've been listening a lot. It feels like I know you guys, and now it's good, it's good to finally connect, you know, and hopefully uh, we can do more in the future. I'd, I'd love to meet you guys and have you guys at a show and, and stuff. So have a few uh, beer. Maybe I'll, if, yeah, maybe if I ever make it out that far northeast, we'll, we'll definitely pound some. So, yeah, I'm sure we can meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, totally, man. But, yeah, thanks again for all you guys do, and um, I'll be – I'll be tuning in and I'll be spreading the word about about your guys' love for, for metal and, and for Maiden. That's great. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, so wow. Yeah. What what an interview, eh? Yeah, it was great. He, uh, yeah. man, he just like bleeds metal. <laughs> you know, it's funny because in the lead up, we, uh, you know, I didn't know who Night Demon were until we were, that, that River reached out to us and then... Yeah. You got their vinyl and were like, these guys are awesome. Yeah. And you gave a shout out on the podcast. And then eventually we, we got, they, they got in touch with us through Twitter about that because he'd been listening to our, yeah, he, uh, he's, yeah. yeah. Or he said that his friend, uh, recommended it to him. And yeah. He started listening to it while he was driving. So that's right. Yeah. And, and I've been listening to them. I've got their albums, but I've been listening to them on uh, Spotify and I've been listening to their playlists as well, and they're incredibly popular in there, as I mentioned on the, on the thing. And now I'm getting all these great recommendations. But, wow, it's really amazing that when, when, when we were setting up for the interview, we were saying, wow, I hope he has time for us to get into a few things. And, you know, we, we want to talk Maiden, but we also want to talk with their band because their band's so cool. And also yeah. is in that space, and it's that carry-on. Yeah. And it ties back to a discussion we've been having over uh, many podcasts about where do bands end? Where do they carry on? Do they carry on? And he's carrying on the genre. He even talks about some of the themes yeah, are like in that the space. Of Maiden, yeah. I um, mean, he's honoring Maiden. So, I think we're gonna have to have him back multiple times. Like, I don't know if we have him back as yeah. We get him to weigh in on expert. maybe the new tour set list or something like that. Or uh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think this was a pretty cool episode. Yeah, it's absolutely. the longest. It's the longest uh, interview we've done. A few interview episodes. This is uh, a really long, in-depth one. I think it came out pretty good. So that was it for. Uh, this episode we have yeah. the killers episode coming up very soon that'll we, be up very uh, we're just soon, finishing yeah. that one off yeah we got to give that one justice and that'll be yeah. great um fantastic engagement lately and fantastic engagement on all our social media channels go to talkingmaiden.com and like us on itunes or not like us give us five star reviews five star. and like i said uh last episode i've said this a few times you don't have to write a review although yeah. that'd be awesome all you have to do is if you're on iTunes, just click on the fifth star. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Fantastic. 